Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Ugalhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamari. Glory. Just coming back. Hey guys and welcome to the 36th edition of the In The Sand Show. Today we're covering all of the previous No Limit Boxing Card reviews and we're going to have a look at the card and we're also joined with the Australian light heavyweight champion Lucas Miller. So let's get into the news and to kick off this show, we're going to have a look at the Nikita Zoo versus Dylan Biggs No Limit Boxing Card that was on Wednesday night. We're going to have a look at that, a huge card stacked with local talent, local Australian talent and we're going to have a look. First fight was Mark Schleibs coming up against Fijian Shamu Anuj. Now, this was a 54-kilo catchweight bout. Mark Schleibs coming off two losses. His previous one was up against Australian super featherweight champion Rocky Ogden. And that was a fight that he came back for after his first loss. And his first loss was up against Brock Jarvis. And he had to bounce back. He's had some personal issues and some personal troubles. And and he had to come back and had to fight adversity to win this fight. Shamal Anuj is no, no pushover fight. He went the distance with Sammy Goodman, who's just one fight off a world title bout up against either Marlon Tapalas or Naira Inouye. Um, and, he, and Mark Schleeps has come out of the gates pretty strong. He uh, used his jab. He was really patient and... Anuj was just looking for that one-punch knockout. And first round kicked off. Anuj was pretty basic with it. He didn't he didn't box too well, but he didn't box terribly either. Mark Schleaves was just sussing him out, seeing what he was going to do. And Anuj, I reckon he took the first round, um, Anuj. But then from that, it was all Mark Schleaves. He was landing that right hand consistently. And towards the later rounds, it was going to drop him. And in the fifth round, it was... A brutal KO from Mark Schleaves, and he's back on the winners list with now a record of 13 wins and two losses, and he's got some eyes on him. He's going to potentially take on the South Australian bantamweight champion um, in his next fight. That was the call-out after the fight, but after bouncing back from two losses, this one's going to be so key for him and uh, his development. Uh, back onto the local scene, and hopefully he can get onto the international scene uh, soon, just been an international opponent, a tough one as well. So really good from him. Next fight is Amber Amelia up against Natasha Carano. Now, Amber Amelia is backed by Glenn Jennings, the, the manager of Nikita Zoo and Tim Zoo. So she's been on No Limit Cards most of her professional career. She's coming off a tough loss in an Australian title bout. That was, I reckon, could be women's fight of the year. It was just back and forward for eight reps eight rounds against Chanel Dargan and and it, w- it was a close one. I thought Dargan uh, got the job done. That was on the Tim Zoo um, 
Brian Mendoza card. And she was, she fought well. She hurt her hand late. And I think that that's what uh, lost her the fight. She also had a big cut as well. Uh, this fight was another trouble for her. She had to come up against Natasha Karina, who came into this fight with a 2-1 and one record. She's much taller. And, and for that weight class, uh, she, she's a really tall fighter. And that that obstacle would, was really tough for Amber Amelia in this fight. She's a, she's a pretty short fighter, um, Amber Amelia. And Natasha Karine, she's 2-1. and one. She hasn't beat the best of opponents, but... I thought coming to this fight that Amber, Amber Amelia got, had, would have um, the strength to get over her. But even that height difference was just going to be another obstacle for her and another hurdle. And I thought that big overhand right was going to catch Karene, but it didn't. And she couldn't find distance. And in the last round, she found it for a bit. And that was the only round I gave to Amber Amelia. Natasha Karene just used her height, used her jab, uh, just one, two, one, two consistently. And, I think that's what got the job done. And maybe we could see more from Natasha Karene. Maybe she should should take on Chanel Dargan in her next fight. Um, also a fighter, Ampamilia, for in her last fight. Again, a great way to uh, finish off the prelims. And going into the pay-per-view, the first fight to kick it off, this was Brent Walton up against Doringa Truella. Now, Brent Walton was the local boy, he also has a, a local job. He works in an office and he was he's a Newcastle boy, fight was in Newcastle and he had a lot of fans on that night. He said his work colleagues really um, stepped up for him with the support and I think this was fight of the night. It was a four-round absolute banger. Uh, Doringa Trella, he's had 30-odd uh, amateur fights with 25 wins. He's also the nephew of Anthony Mundine, so he's got some boxing heritage in his background as well, which is extremely helpful for someone coming into boxing. Uh, this fight kicked off, and I was—I didn't know who to pick here. I went Brent Walton. He came into the fight with a one and zero record during Gatrella. It was on his debut, and to debut on your no limit boxing card is something really special because he's fighting at a Bondar Boxing Club under Tony Delvecchio, who is known for having so many fighters on no-limit boxing cards. I think this was just going to be the first step for him in that welterweight division, that local welterweight division. Brent Walton's last fight, he beat Dylan Bargero in a four-rounder. He got the unanimous decision victory. Now this one, it, it was just a banger consistently. These guys didn't have no defense. They just swung, swung, and swung. And after the fight, George Rose both gave them a five grand bonus each. Now, Trella got the job done, and I thought he had it pretty comfortably. I gave him three rounds to one. Um, he was just much more cleaner. And Brent Walton doesn't have the traditional boxing background. He just fell into it through fitness, had a corporate fight, and then fell straight into the professional scene uh, just um, midway through this year. And now, in a no-limit card in his hometown, it was pretty big for him. And I'd love to see a rematch in this, even a six-rounder, maybe even for the new South Wales belt. Uh, both New South Wales men, and I think that would be a great fight. Just to see him go the distance, maybe that extra four rounds, it would it would be such a great fight um, and produce something special. But I think Taringa Trella can definitely uh, step up onto this welterweight division, this Australian welterweight division. It's pretty quiet at the moment um, after seeing Ben Kite retire and Ben Horns trying to work his way back up. It. It hasn't really been something um, 
that it's special, like the su- super welterweight division in uh, in Australia. But hopefully Drinkatrella can um, up the ante on that one. The next fight was Jason Fawcett up against Jordan Martin uh, in a five-round of fights. You don't see many of them, five-rounders. Well, Jason Fawcett comes into this fight with a 6-1 and one record. His last fight, he didn't get the job done over Zeke Campbell in a New South Wales welterweight title clash. Now, he... He had a, um, a, he was supposed to fight Travis Drewson. He pulled out late. Now Jordan Martin stepped in. Jordan Martin also got just the one loss on his record. He's two and one. His only loss also comes from Zeke Campbell, the New South Wales um, welterweight champion. So both of these guys, it was, it was an interesting fight. Now I again there was another height difference. Jordan uh, Martin had the clear height difference and. He was just working off his jab. But Jason Fawcett's a warrior, another Newcastle boy. Um, he knows a lot of the Newcastle Knights uh, rugby players, so he was backed by them. He walked out with some of them as well, so that would have been special for him. This was that super welterweight, this fight. Now Jason Fawcett really controlled the tempo of the fight, coming forward, putting Jordan Martin on the back foot, and he got caught. And that was something that the commentators were saying throughout the fight that Jordan Martin's team said that he had that power that can catch Jason Fawcett off guard. Now, he did. He dropped him. And uh, from then on, I was like, oh, maybe Jordan Martin could get the draw out of this one because it's a 10-8 round and I maybe could see another round go to Jordan Martin. But I I personally thought that Jason Fawcett was going to get the job done pretty comfortably. He didn't. Uh, But... Nonetheless, went to unanimous decision. Jason Forster got the nod. Uh, he moves on to uh, back onto the winning scene with seven wins, one loss. Maybe we could see that rematch with Zeke Campbell in the future. I think that would be a great fight. And maybe on a no-limit card because I think having that exposure for someone like Zeke Campbell who's really um, young in his professional career, only the three fights, and beat some pretty notable opponents in that New South Wales boxing scene. Uh, but... Jason Fawcett gets a nod in that one. Now, the next fight was Munir Fati coming up against Joel Pavlidis. Now, Munir Fati was in the Billy Dibb camp. So, Billy Dibb, former Australian uh, champ, uh, Australian champion, world champion. Uh, he's an icon of Australian boxing. So, he's backed by the right team. So, there's a bit of controversy coming into this fight. Uh, the Munir Fati team thought that it was a 71-kilogram catchweight bout. The Joel Pavlidis team said it was... a Middleweight bout, so 72 kilos, 0.5, whatever it is there. Um, but Joel Pavlid is coming off a huge win um, of up against Cody Beacon in his last fight on a no-limit card, on the same card as Dylan Biggs. He's got the same manager as Dylan Biggs under Brendan Smith um, down at TNG Smithy Promotions in Toowoomba. Now, Muni Fati, he's got that knockout power. Before this fight, he was six wins, no losses, six KOs. And not the most notable opponents and a couple international guys here and there, but Munifati did have that uh, power on his side. Now, Joel, Joel Pavlidis coming to this fight, just swing. He took the front foot, um, just just went for it. And uh, he was relentless in it. Now, I thought watching this fight, the Munifati could, could have got the nod. I could see both ways. Now, Joel Pavlidis didn't stop coming forward. And he didn't land... The most, but he still definitely landed. And I think that uh, that's what the judges really liked, um, and that's why they gave him the win. But Munifati complained about his hand. He was 
it looked like he wasn't even trying. Now, I think it could be the inexperience in the corner. Now, Billy Dib hasn't been in the corner many times. Um, he's got his brother, Yusuf Dib, who he's been helping out. Now, this is one of his prodigies. He said he this kid could be a world champion. Now, Monif Fati, it just didn't look like he was trying. Now, on the back end of the rounds, he was complaining about his hand, but if his hand was really that sore, the way they took off the glove and the way he was acting after the fight looked fine. Um, I think it was an excuse, and I think Joel Pavlidis deserved the win. Um, he'll go into bigger and better things. He beat Lewis Chadwick, took his undefeated record from him, from him. Now, he's a top five middleweight. Now, I'd love to see him go challenge for the Australian middleweight championship. Maybe even in the future, I could see him against Isaac Hardman, but I doubt it. Um, but the next fight is Liam Taliva'a up against Brandon Gratch. Now, Brandon Gratch was also a Newcastle boy, so... This No Limit Boxing card was primarily based on Newcastle fighters and fighters that love to fight in Newcastle, um, just to really amp up the crowd. Now, these two guys are two huge heavyweights. Brandon Grash has a great story. His professional debut was only months ago on a No Limit on Fox card against Johan Lind. He was uh, had a 1-0 record, Johan Lind. That was a four-round fight. Now, you could tell Brandon Grash hasn't been in the ring for ages, he had a, a really good amateur career, and then I think he just fell out of love with the sport, went and gone on to different things, and then come back, wanted to fight, um, and then he got his first win against Johan Lin. Now, this was his first real test. And Liam Talibaha, Liam Talibaha is a great fighter, great heavyweight. He's got some great power, but he can also see out fights, and I think that that's what makes him such a great fighter. Now... This fight, first round, both guys came came out pretty composed. I think that Tully Baha was looking for that knockout punch because I don't know if he was maybe just a bit worried. or But um, Liam Tully Baha dropped Brandon Gratch in the first round and then only seconds later, Gratch came back, coming off the, off the ground, knocked him down as well. So coming into the second round, both guys looked moderately tired or uh, just took the wind out of them slightly and then three seconds in. Brandon Gratch produced knockout of the year. Just caught Liam Talibaha with the left hook. He's gone stumbling back, hit the mat, um, hit the canvas really hard. He didn't move for ages. And uh, Brandon Gratch got the job done in his hometown. He goes on to have a 2-0 record. And I think um, he could definitely go into bigger and better things in this heavyweight division. I think Toisi Vatusu could be looking for a fight, and I think that would be a great matchup. Two guys um, both willing to swing, both have that knockout power. Now onto the co-main event, it was Isaac Hardman taking on Englishman Troy Coleman. Troy Coleman fights out of Thailand, um, and this fight camp, he went over to Uzbekistan to go prepare for Isaac Hardman. Isaac Hardman, the hard-hitting Australian, he's named the head splitter. So <laughs> if you come up against someone like him, you'd be a bit worried. Now, he's only got the two losses against really notable opponents that have gone on to do better things in the boxing scene. In Michael Zarafa, um, he didn't get the job done there. He got finished off in two rounds, and I think he got robbed against Rowan Murdoch um, when he stepped up a division to go fight for a, a chance to be in the super middleweight uh, top 15, uh, but he didn't get the job done, and Rowan Murdoch is now going on for a world title eliminator now. So he's come back, back to his weight division. Last fight, he fought Japanese Kazuki Kaihara. 
he dominated him in six rounds and got the job done. Um, he got the win there by TKO. And now this was up against Troy Coleman. Now, Troy Coleman was a bit of a lankier fighter, and I think um, that made it easier for uh, Isaac Hardman to hit him because he's got that knockout p- power, Isaac Hardman. Um, he clipped him a couple of times. You could tell he was hurt. Um, and then fifth round, that was it. Uh, ref called it off. And now Isaac Hardman is the WBO Intercontinental Middleweight Champion. He goes into the top 15 rankings. And uh, bigger and better things, he said he's had enough of domestic Australian guys because he claims that he can't get a fight with them because they're too hard to negotiate with. Um, and he wants to go get the international fighters now. So maybe for him, uh, a look to go over to Vegas with the Zoos uh, could be the next thing for him. Now, the main event, the most anticipated fight of the year, I think, uh, other than the Tim Zoo world title fights, Nikita Zoo up against Dylan Biggs. Now, Nikita Zoo in this fight, he was the underdog, and then everyone... Oh, it was just such a such a really interesting build-up to this fight. Now, firstly, they come in the Dylan Biggs corner. The first issue with this fight was the, the title name. It was Nikita Zoo versus Dylan Biggs. Dylan Biggs was the Australian super welterweight champion, and that was the belt they were fighting for, and they complained about that, the Dylan Biggs corner. And then the other controversy was who was walking first. Now, in normal boxing tradition, the champion walks second, so he has the less time waiting in the ring. Now, because this is a no-limit event and this uh, Nikita Zoo promotion, and Nikita Zoo is one of the headline acts for these, this promotion, and um, and this card was pretty much based around him. They let Nikita Zoo walk out second. Now, this caused controversy in the face-off, in negotiations, and there was even talks that Dylan Biggs wasn't even going to walk out. Um, and I think that emotionally, that got to uh, Dylan Biggs emotionally, and I think he just didn't perform in the night. He's coming off a, a pretty dominant win over against a journeyman in Ryan Mitchum, stepping up to super middleweight to just knock him out in a couple minutes. That was just a tune-up fight for him. But he's Australian champion. He beat Dan Hill, um, another then undefeated fighter, uh, for the belt. And now he's gone on to Nikita Zhu. Many people thought Nikita Zhu wasn't ready for this step, uh, step up in his boxing uh, career, coming off. A win against Jack Brubaker, but he didn't get the job done pretty easily. And uh, Jack Brubaker's coming towards the end of his boxing career. And people, many boxing fans thought that this step would just be too much for Nikita Zhu. I thought, um, I thought Nikita was going to get the job done pretty comfortably. I thought he just he's backed by such a good team. And if you're part of such a good team, I don't think they're going to let you fight someone that you're not ready to fight. And I thought he was ready to fight someone like Dylan Biggs. Took six rounds and first round came out. Uh, Dylan Biggs ended up walking first and I thought that Dylan Biggs wasn't even going to walk. Well, Nikita Zhu walked out second. He took his sweet time and I think that got to Dylan Biggs' head. Now, first round, Nikita Zhu came out just pretty uh, relaxed and didn't look like he was going to throw much. Dylan Biggs came out on the front foot and dropped Nikita in the first minute or so. That got many fans worried and uh, people were like, oh, it's going to be done pretty Quickly, and it's going to be a walkover fight for Dylan Biggs. Well, Nikita Zhu came back and did the complete opposite. He went straight to Dylan Biggs, hurt him, and then in the sixth round, um, or in the fifth round, he just came out guns blazing and hit him several times with knockout power shots, but it really tested Dylan Biggs' chin, and um, 
it proved that his chin's actually really good uh, as a boxer and he can take some punches and came into the fifth round uh, at, on the stool and Dylan Big's mouth to his uh, to his coach that I'm done. Now, when that happens, you're like, oh, next round, it's over. And that's exactly what happened. Nikita Zou clipped him with a body shot. He didn't like that one. And he went down uh, for the eight count, got back up. And then seconds after, Nikita Zou jumped on him. And we've now got a new Australian super welterweight champion. And I think it was such a good fight. And now the Zou boys are going to go over to uh, Vegas to go fight for hopefully um, uh, the international scene for them all to see. And it's a goal for Tim Zou to go fight over in Vegas to defend his belt. There's talks that could be Ericsson Lubin, um, the now number one ranked uh, super welterweight uh, in the world. Uh, and there's even talks that uh, Muhammad Ali's grandson, Nico Ali Walsh, could be fighting Nikita Zou. And I think that'll be a great legacy fight. You've got two... Uh, Grant, you've got a grandson and a son of legends of boxing, and I think that would make such a good fight. I think Nikita will get the job done, but overall, such a good card, uh, such a good no-limit card, and something that Newcastle and all of New South Wales and Australian boxing really needed, and I think it was such a good night, a great night put on by the Rose Brothers. And that wraps up the review of the No Limit Boxing Card. So thank you for listening to the In The Sand Show. I'll catch you after the Hello, my name is Dave Graney. I am an underworld musician of many years standing. I'm here to ask you to tune in to my fellow traveller, my comrade, Radio Caram. Don't worry about a thing Because Atticus Health who we'll make, make you feel alright Don't worry About a thing Cause Atticus Health Will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night don't worry, Don't worry about a thing. Don't worry. Because <laughs> Atticus Health will make you feel all right. Hi, everybody. This is Wit from Spiderbait. When I'm passing through Karam, aside from slowing down to 50 kilometers an hour and reminisces about doing the Ill Race Road Rumba or the Watley Street Wiggle, I like to tune in to Radio Karam and get down with the good vibes. Welcome back to the In The Stand show, and now we are joined with the former Australasian and current Australian light heavyweight champion, Lucas Miller. So first of all, Lucas, how are you going? I'm going great, mate. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, all good. On December the 2nd, you headlined the big-time boxing card against Flynn Makem to defend your Australian title. How's your campaign so far? Um, the camp's been great, actually, you know, like, uh, I sort of judge, nowadays I sort of judge camp of how the body's feeling, and, you know, so, uh, like, listening to the body, if the body feels good, you know, uh, I'm, I'm still pretty damn good, so, the body's feeling good, camp's been well, so, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and obviously I'm, I'm looking forward to being on big-time boxing shows, as always, always going to be a stacked card. Yeah, yeah, so now, Flynn Macon went 10 rounds against Alex Walters in his last fight. He's jumping up a weight class. Do you know much about him? And is there anything you look to expose in the fight? Uh, 
definitely taught me a lot. Uh, I take a lot from my losses. Um, that made me the fighter I am. It's given me a lot of experience and knowledge. Yeah, and finally, do you have a goal for your boxing career? That wraps up the In The Stand show for this week. So thank you for listening to the In The Stand show. I'll catch you next week. Walsh has got it. Swigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Ugalhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamari. Glory.